Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, we have a guest, Hannah Burner. She's from Bravo's Summer House. She's from two podcasts, Burning in Hell and Giggly Squad. And she was even a professional tennis player. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. And yeah, we have a great episode today. Um, there she is. She's in the green room already. She is warming up. Uh, her serve, that is. She's actually serving. Um, you know, tennis serves. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I want to take a moment and thank everybody for their responses from last week's episode about gaslighting. I've been overwhelmed with just, I mean, I'm, I feel so much gratitude. I feel so blessed that anything I could have said would have resonated. So I want to thank you all for taking the time to let me know that it did and in what ways. Yeah. And we got a, a lot of responses on the Mystic McCalla Spiritual Family, the Facebook group. Uh, we're actually going to read one of those stories and kind of explain it. Uh, the person that wrote in had, had some questions and we're, we're going to help her. Okay. Um, that's great. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. We'll do that in a little bit. Uh, but first we have to talk about Netflix's number one show. It's salacious people. We're not talking about selling sunrise here. No, <laughs> we're not talking about love is deaf. <laughs> the rectangle. None of those shows. <laughs> Are those Netflix shows? All of them. Yeah, yeah. Right, the ones this the- is their steamiest new show. Yes, not Sex Life. Oh, no, it's not Sex Life. No. It's steamier than that. Steamier than Sex Life. We are talking about <laughs> Penguin Town. Frickin' Penguin Town brought it. And if you haven't watched it yet, you waddle over to your TVs right now and you put that on. By far and away. <laughs> so My good. favorite. Uh, oh, there's one other show that was better than this, but my second favorite. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about. But this is my second favorite, the one with the Rubik's Cube. The, oh, this right. is my second favorite Netflix show, Penguin Town. I mean, there was that one shower scene in Penguin Town, though, so maybe. Right. <laughs> the, yeah. There the, was... the culverts. <laughs> um, but let, let, let's, let's go back here. Let's right, get the backstory right. of how we so, watched this. Well, Penguin Town, just to give you the premise, and you know, we'll try not to do spoiler alerts on Penguin Town, but I feel like I'm going to is... give one. I'm going to give one. Okay, well, this is crowd that would appreciate it because it's like one of those shows where like i don't know every life's just throwing you a lot and you're like you know what i just flip and need some freaking penguin town that's the kind of show it's for but it's a bunch of endangered penguins that six months out of every year they go to simon's island south africa and coexist with all the people that live there and it's just super cute and they they narrate it and they give all the penguin couples because they're monogamous these little penguin couples um they give them all names and it's a lot of drama right so basically, you know, we watch, a sh- we try to watch a show, you know, before bed with Brie, almost, you know, not every night, but almost every night. Yeah. So we, f- we figured, you know, hey, why not try this with Abby? Sure. Maybe, you know, let's one just with Abby, you know, and see, see what, so we came up with Penguin Town mm-hmm. and we watched the, the first episode. We loved it. So Abby good. loved it. The the Bougainvilleas yeah. were the were They the give couple. them last names, like the Bougainvilleas, because they have their nest under a Bougainvillea bush. Right, yeah. Right. And, you know, we, we're loving it. And the second episode, we met, like, Junior, and he got hurt, but they fixed him. Yeah, the rescuers um, took him. It was, it was super cute. Really good. Yeah. Then there was this couple, I think was interesting. I can't remember what episode, but we'll say the third episode. And these are penguins, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very, yeah. Very, really. Too hot to handle penguins. <laughs> right. Um... <laughs> The culverts. The culverts. Newlyweds. Newlyweds. So we'll, we'll, we'll give them a little slack here. Yeah. But the culverts decide that they are going to create their nest. This is, a, you know, if you don't want to get a spoiler, spoiler alert, go ahead. Under the worst possible, in the worst possible place, they can possibly put a nest. Yeah, like a penguin highway. Yeah, they put the nest 
straight smack in a penguin highway. Yeah. Right under a concrete, like, underpass. Yeah. Um, the, first of all, the, the concrete, you know, is very hot there in, in South Africa during yep. the summer when they're there. So right away, the, the temperature of they the just, nest is like... There's just so many issues. It's boiling. Right. right. And they have their two little eggs. Right. And everyone's trying to get through this, this pass. Yeah. And all the penguins. I mean, they're literally... The culverts, I mean... They have my blood pressure higher. Yeah. Yeah. They, you were they're so really dumb. upset. Like, I keep yelling at them. And what Andy are you guys was doing? very upset. Yes, because what happened was there was a rainstorm. And the their nest was right in the path of this rainstorm. So when the rain hit, it flooded and the eggs went downstream and they lost one of the eggs. Well, we got this is my scene from my perspective. Scott screaming at the TV, you culverts, you schmucks. You schmucks, you culverts, you schmucks. And then Abby, our six-year-old, like completely loses it. Like this isn't just kid crying. Like this is like she lost a best friend to death crying. Like yeah. this is like sad. Like she, t- we can't watch it. So now that that ended it. Yeah. I mean, it. we, we calmed her down. Yeah. Brie came in like all jolly at this point. <laughs> right. She's, she's like, all giddy. Ooh. Like, ooh, what's this show? Right. And actually, she we, she picked it up with us from episodes four to whatever, eight, whatever. Yeah, it's eight episodes. Eight episodes. So, but Abby has not watched since episode three. No, we, we had to, We, had we to, don't even mention it. We don't talk about we it. Don't she doesn't Penguin either. Town. She forgot about it. We don't it. talk about Penguin Town around yeah. here. It might have ruined Penguins for her it in a way. Have. Yeah. You know, it is a nature show and things go down in nature shows, but for the most part, it does have, just so you know, because yeah. empaths need to know this, a good ending. It does. Yeah. But, but there is something terrible does happen to Mrs. Bugabilia. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. After oh. her steamy time with Mr. Bugabilia <laughs> and the car, park, the car park egg. That's a whole other thing, people. It's a whole thing. Okay. You got to watch it. All right. All right. So basically, what- <laughs> we spent way too long on Penguin Town review. We, we totally did. Uh, it's because we're not watching The Bachelor this season. No, we're you know after Matt James and Tyler Cameron season, the Haybro season, we're, we're 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 sick of it. We're over it. And it's it is on my vision board not to watch it. So mm-hmm. we have not watched it this season. And we're actually better people now. Uh- Our IQs. <laughs> We are no. Someone actually came up to me and said, "You know, Scotty, you, you seem like a better person." And you're like, "I know." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I am. I feel smarter. <laughs> you, the, you know, things are it. Things are going a lot better since I stopped watching. That's good, Scott. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I mean, I don't even. Who is the Bachelor at this season? Well, now we just watch Penguin Town, so just okay. don't get your red rants on about that. All right. Anyway. We got a couple ads, but after the break, we're going to hear a story from a Mr. Pinhella spiritual family member who was really impacted by last week's episode. Let's do it. Okay. Because I was visiting Buffalo last month, I got to meet a few listeners and one of the Know Your Aura listeners and I bonded over something and it was our love of Stitch Fix and particularly our love of how Stitch Fix jeans always fit perfectly. It's some sort of magic that they do and we bonded over this. Here's the thing, shopping for new clothes can be time-consuming, tedious, and expensive. And if you're me, really just overwhelming because there's just so much to see and you just don't know or whatever. But fortunately, Stitch Fix makes it easy to find the clothes you love. You know, Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique size, style, and budget. It's completely different and a fun way to find clothes that you will love to wear. Each piece is chosen for your fit and your life, and it's the easy solution to finding what makes you look and feel your best. Try on pieces at home before 
before you buy, keep what you love, and return what you don't. Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and a prepaid return envelope is included. There is no subscription required. Try Stitch Fix once or set up automatic deliveries. You'll pay just a $20 styling fee for each box, which gets credited towards pieces you keep, and there are no hidden fees Ever. Stitch Fix has styles and clothing to fit any occasion for women, men, and kids. They ship all over the U.S. and are available in the U.K. as well. So get started at stitchfix.com slash KYA and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix at stitchfix.com slash KYA for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix at stitchfix.com slash KYA and try the jeans. Take the jean quiz and get the jeans, I'm telling you. It's magical. A new sponsor I am so excited about today. You know, a lot of people think eco-friendly products are more expensive and less effective, especially when it comes to cleaning. Sure, it might say all natural, but you're not really sure if it gets the job done. Well, Blue Land has fixed that with its revolutionary refill tablets. Blue Land was founded on the belief that a cleaner planet starts at home. It's a simple idea. You buy the bottle once and you refill it forever. No more plastic waste. Just fill Blue Land's beautiful Instagrammable bottles with warm water, pop in one of the hand soap or spray cleaner tablets, and within minutes, you have powerful and effective cleaning products in the most incredible sense, like rose bergamot and lily mint. Blue Land also has convenient laundry and dishwasher tabs that come in chic and compact refillable metal containers instead of those big, bulky, disposable very nastily colored <laughs> plastic tubs. Blue Land's stunning high quality forever bottles start at just $10 when you buy a kit and are meant to be reused forever with money saving refill tablets that start at just $2. So cut the plastic waste without sacrificing clean. Get Blue Land. You'll love it. And the planet will thank you. I got the whole kit. I tried every single thing. I did this for you guys. I cleaned my house. Okay. That's a big thing for me to do for you. And I did it. And I will 100% tell you I am converted. I'm never going back. These cleaning products work as good, if not better than anything else that I've ever tried. So my personal testimonial go do it. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you go to blueland.com slash KYA. That's 15% off your first order of any products Blueland orders at blueland.com slash KYA. That's blueland.com slash KYA. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. So yeah, so we have a story that a member of the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family on Facebook put on the wall for all of us to read. And Scott, I think you have that story for us. Can you please... Read it. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Okay. This is from Jacqueline, and she writes, Today's episode, meaning last week's, was incredibly eye-opening and triggering. I'm at the point in my spiritual journey where I'm okay with that. I want to be triggered so I can change for the better and stop attracting narcissists. Mm. Problem, however, my current boss is a narcissist. How do I deal with this? It's someone I realistically cannot cut out of my life at this moment. I go home every single day drained and anxious because I absorb her negative energy. Has anyone else experienced this that could lend me some advice? On paper, I love my job and do not want to leave, but it's soul-sucking to work for a narcissist. It is, and especially I'm looking at Jacqueline's picture, and she's indigo and yellow. You know, the thing when you have 
somebody, a narcissist around you who you really can't get rid of because you have to work there or whatever, that's a whole different thing than like a friend or a family member or sometimes even a partner, like a relationship. So a lot of times with this, and and it kind of depends like what color you are too. So because Jacqueline is indigo, she can pick up all this woman's, all this person's inner pain, thoughts, feelings, and the big thing, intentions. So she can feel it when the boss is trying to do something that is 100% egotistical and about herself versus for the company. So that's the big thing to understand about a narcissistic boss. Like They don't care about the company. They care about themselves. So it's just good to understand their motives and you know they're going to always try to tout that like oh my god this is what i did or you know for the company or this is what we're going to do with a team and they like to project a lot of their own stuff onto the team hey you guys aren't this or you guys aren't caring or you guys aren't you know you don't have your heart in it well they're just talking about themselves because they're really about them they also love to project and deflect so they're going to try to find some sort of sacrificial lamb in the company. And I can see with Jacqueline being yellow indigo, she's real good at avoiding, even though this is the draining part, being the person that gets the finger pointed at. So she can be good at like kind of knowing, oh gosh, they're coming for me. Let me just sidestep or do this or whatever. But that's a lot of like energy and stress that's probably adding to her life because she has to constantly be proactive. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely does. But because she's yellow... Two, I'm sure the thing with Jacqueline and what gets her through is she just really pays attention to her work. And the good thing about her being yellow is she can respond, not react. I think that's a really important thing when you have a narcissistic boss. Like They're going to try to get you to act crazy at some point. If you can consistently show that you're basically like a piece of furniture, that you're not worth it, that you're not going to give them exactly what they need because you just count to 10 whenever they say anything or you have like a couple of, uh, a handful of things you can say like non-defensive responses that just get you out the door and to the next moment, they will move on to another target it's just unfortunate because then you're going to watch them move on to another target and feel bad for that person in that situation it's hard i mean it's hard to sit there and watch somebody abuse your coworkers, and you try to sidestep the abuse i feel like she'll survive it like on paper a hundred percent because that's what Jacqueline looks like she can do she can survive it on paper but emotionally there's really no way of surviving it no, but, I mean, because you said <laughs> I go home every single yeah. day drained and and anxious. It, it's so, awful. That that's sucks. horrible. Yeah, like yeah. she'll survive it on paper, but it's hard to survive it mentally because, yeah. like, how unless if there's some way you could physically move your space, like the most corner downstairs basement office possible, yeah. if you could avoid them as much as possible, like boundaries. Yeah, I mean, this is a real tough one, and I, I'm yeah. assuming. That a lot of our listeners have a narcissistic boss. At some um, point, yeah. At some point, or they do now. And this one's hard because, you know, you need, you, you probably really need that job. Sure. You know, if, if she doesn't really need that job or it's somewhere she can like transfer to, I mean, if that was an option, I would say, yes, do that. But that's probably not the option. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah, I mean, there, there might be like people might feel there's really no way out here. You know, yeah. if, if it's like a sister or a brother, you could just like not talk to them for a few months and yeah. let it, you know, or something, you know, you, you know, but this, this is tough, right? I mean, that's very tough. This, and, and this is probably one of the toughest ones. And the thing is with these narcissists, they find you. So like you could yeah. transfer and it's going to be the whole thing again. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like they're going to keep finding you. And I feel like spirit does this to us to kind of be like, okay, how can you create boundaries? What can you, what can you find about, 
out about yourself in the midst of it in a lot of ways. Because sometimes like these narcissists, they end up pushing us to do things that we otherwise wouldn't have done if we weren't as uncomfortable. And sometimes that's going into our own businesses or, or sidestepping into something more solitary or taking the tools that we have. So we don't have a boss directly over us anymore. I mean, that's, that can sometimes be part of it too. Um, but it's a quandary. That is difficult. No, yeah. I mean, that definitely seems like a tough one. I mean, and that's like a double-edged sword too, because they're in a position of power over you. Yeah. So they hold like more cards. Oh, they do. Than most people. Yeah, because they can they can write a script. Right. And then and then you either and and usually the narcissist knows exactly who to schmooze and exactly who to abuse. Yeah. Right. That's what they know how to do. So they know how to schmooze the people that are going to believe them and abuse the people that don't have the power. And you know exactly where you fall in one of those two categories. Um and and you know that's where the freezer comes in. <laughs> <laughs> you got to yeah. write their name down right. and you say hey. leave me alone and you stick it in the freezer and never right. touch it again. Right. And you hope they get fired. A little, you hope the company, like, a little lets family trick for yeah. you, Jacqueline. Yeah, you hope they get exposed, they get fired. Fired, exposed. They're, or they're they, gone. Maybe they just have like a, I don't know, a come to Jesus moment. And they become like a better person somehow. Yeah. Whatever. The freezer. Give it to the freezer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like when all else fails. All right. Well, Hannah is still hitting balls at my head right oh, now. Oh, goodness. Yeah, she's practicing. And I don't want to do one more. This okay. one I found was interesting. This doesn't have to do with last week's episode. But it is from Alexis, Mm -hmm. and she writes, Hi, all. I'm new here and new to starting my spiritual journey. It's been so exciting. I'm unconfirmed and have been trouble finding my aura as I feel I resonate with a few, but that could just be inauthenticity, meaning a few colors. Yes. Anyway, while starting to talk to my spirit guides, I've asked for clarity and signs. This morning, I was tailing a car for quite a ways with the license plate that read Indigo. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. This could mean something. I, I'll drop a photo below of the plate and myself if anyone wants to share their thoughts. You know, hugs and kisses. That, thanks, has been a pleasure listening to all these perspectives on the MMSF So group. I'm looking at her. And what color she is, is she? Indigo. She is she's indigo. indigo. That's a cool, and she gave us like the, that's really neat. No, she's totally indigo. Alexis is indigo. Um, she has purple too. I feel like that's going to... Uh, yeah, she's purple too. She wears a little inauthentic red. Yeah. Uh, but that feels like it's got something to do with just like life and work and possibly some sort of activity that she does on the side here. But yeah, indigo. And I can see why that's the one that Spirit showed it to her because I feel like that's the one she's got to work on the most. Because she's got that red going a little bit. Yeah. I feel like her vulnerability is the thing that they're like, embrace it, love it. That's the thing we want you to really like notice about yourself. Yeah. So I think that that's cool that that's the one that they sent her. Okay, that makes sense. And yeah. the red's probably why she was tailing the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the purple's <laughs> why she was talking to her spirit guides. Right. Right. Because like the indigo would probably be the one that'd be like, all right, back off that car and right. give them some space. And the, and the red in there is like, come on, let's go. Yeah. You're, a little, you're a little slow. All right. <laughs> Well, thanks for, she says she's a new member, so that's great. And now you know your colors. Um, All right, so we have two more ads to do, and then we got this incredible interview with Hannah. Hannah. Having kids and just basically being a mom, I have to have a stocked medicine cabinet all the time. But did you know your allergy medications could actually be filled with allergens? Crazy, right? Well, Genexa is finally bringing some common sense to the medicine 
aisle. Those brands you've been turning to for decades are filled with unnecessary chemicals, but Genexa makes medicine with the active ingredients you need minus the artificial ones you do not. Genexa was founded by two dads. So cute. On a mission to make clean medicines, Genexa Medicine has the same effective active ingredients you need without unnecessary artificial dyes, preservatives, and fillers. Whether you need to manage pain, allergies, or just the common cold, Genexa treats the same symptoms as the leading brands. They have everyday essential medicines for adults, kids, and infants that cover a variety of health issues. So your whole family is covered. Genexa has a huge network of healthcare professionals across the U.S. helping patients and their families join the clean medicine revolution. It's real medicine made clean that I feel comfortable giving to my family. So start cleaning out your medicine cabinet today. Go to genexa.com slash KYA for 20% off your first purchase. Go to genexa.com slash KYA for 20% off your first purchase. That's genexa.com slash KYA. Your perfect hair is voluminous, full, and shiny, but how does it smell? Function of Beauty's custom hair makes sure you don't neglect the most powerful of your body's senses. You know, I absolutely love to embrace summer and I'm doing that right now with the mango scent from Function of Beauty. I like to lather it up. I like to stick on that conditioner. Then, you know, you can get their leave-in conditioner too. You smell amazing for days after you wash your hair, I'm telling you. Function of Beauty is the world leader in fully customized hair care. They create your unique formula based on a short but thorough quiz to give your hair everything it needs to look and feel its best. Every product is sulfate and paraben-free, vegan, cruelty-free, and there are over 60,000 real five-star customer reviews. And Function of Beauty fans are absolutely wild about the fragrances. And for good reason, your hair has never smelled so amazing. Try tropical mango like I do, sweet peach, crisp pear, or subtler scents such as lavender, rose, and eucalyptus. If fragrance isn't for you, that's cool. You can get unscented as well. So turn your beauty routine into an aromatherapy session, a tropical getaway even. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash KYA to take your quiz and save 20% on your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. That's functionofbeauty.com slash KYA to let them know you heard about it here. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. And to get 20% off your order, that's functionofbeauty.com slash KYA. Yes, it's been amazing. I love using them. I've been using the onions and carrots. Oh, onions and carrots. That's it's right. really You smell like nice, dinner. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really tasty. It's yummy. It's, yeah, it's really yummy. <laughs> no, but for real, we really appreciate you guys always using our codes when you can for the sponsors. It helps us a lot. It really does. All right. So Hannah has broken a string on the racket, oh. and, but she is ready to go. Let's talk to Hannah Burner. Okay, Mystic Michaela, Spiritual Family, I am here with Hannah Burner, who you may know from Bravo's The Summer House. She's also uh, one half of a host on Giggly Squad uh, podcast and her own uh, podcast, Burning in Hell. And I'm so excited that she's here with us right now. Hey, Hannah. Thank you for having me, Michaela. It's an honor to be a part of your spiritual family. Oh my gosh, you are. You are. (laughs) You know what's... Okay, so... How I found out about you, because I have to confess, I don't watch Summer House, even though everyone's like, please do aura readings on everything that's going on and I'm probably going to watch it, you know? So 
I knew about you through one Girls Gotta Eat because you were on there and I thought you were so entertaining and funny. And then so many people were sending me this tweet that you wrote. Um, they said, like, I got this so many times in my DMs. It was this one. I act pretty confident for someone who gets crippling anxiety every time I have to interact with anything that isn't a cat or a dog. That's literally me in every sense of the word. During quarantine, I started volunteering at this animal shelter. And by volunteering, I mean, I was socializing the cats. And I was like, this is just helping me more than anything. Um, so I love animals yeah. is more of my story so do you know your aura no I mean okay. you all I know is what you've told me but like even the little bit you told me was eye-opening so you when I got that tweet I was like okay I gotta check her out a little further so I was looking at you and you're very layered so it's interesting so you definitely have that indigo blue thing going on, which we've started calling over here blue to go. And I know it's like kind of cheesy because it's like you feel other people's feelings. It's your own, you know, like that. And I feel like that gets overused a lot, like out in culture and whatnot. But with you, the way I see it is like you really do take in a lot of stuff and then alter your humor or your behavior like just how you work. I feel like you all, you try to be more relatable because of it. Like it's almost like you take it in and then filter it and then give it back to us in a way that is digestible or has been explained humorously. Does wow. that make sense? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I've always been really weird with socializing where when I'm out, I'm like the clown of the party love in every I want every interaction to be like as good as possible I put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure everyone's having like a lot of fun and then I'm exhausted and then I like go home and I like turn off turn the lights off cuddle with my cat and I like need that recharging time but I never really understood why and you're right and I feel like now people joke about like that girl who said she's an empath, like I'm intuitive, I'm better than you. And a part of me was like, when I heard what an empath was, especially because I've had a lot of relationships with narcissists, Oh yeah, I started to be like, wait, I, I hate that girl who's like, I'm intuitive, you're hungry, it's lunchtime. But I like really do feel like sometimes like I need to take a shower after like a big social event. Yes. Everything you just said is so blue to go. Like it's true because people who truly are the empaths, like I feel like we try to highlight on here. It's that you don't say this stuff to other people. You know what I mean? Like you don't go around like, whoa, that like hurt my feelings. Like three days later, you're like, holy crap. Like I had to process that. Like this was, this altered me. This changed me. I need to isolate to try to know who I am again. Um, oh my God. That's I mean, how it really so- is. What's funny about me going on a reality show is I'm actually so bad with confrontation. Yes. We like, have to talk about that. Horrible. Yeah. And I grew up in a family and a lot of friendships were like, there actually wasn't a lot of fighting. It was either I was like, okay, I deserve that. Or I was like, how do we just get out of this situation in the most pleasant way? Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a lot of yelling growing up. I was like fortunate in that, but it's like I dealt with my own anxiety. Sure. Um, so when I went on a show, it's so funny. The first season, I remember some girl was like saying that I wasn't feminine enough. Okay. And I remember at first being like, okay, that's weird, but like, I don't care. And then producers were kind of like, that has to upset you. And I'm like, um, I don't want to start shit with her. And finally they were like, you have to 
oh. addressed her. And I was like so nervous. And I also was like, I'm not really mad at her. Like it's her own stuff. Like it's not right. about me. Right. But I remember being like, okay, I'm upset that you have been kind of saying stuff like that about me. And she turned to me and she was like, why didn't you tell me that immediately when it happened? And I ended up like apologizing to her. And I just remember thinking like, that was the most horrible experience. And I don't know how I'm going to survive this, but I'm going to try to find like humor in it. But um, my biggest fear ever was going on a reality show and being misunderstood. Yes. But when I first went on, I felt like, people were understanding me. And I was like, oh my God, I can show that women could be like sporty, but sexy and like smart, but goofy and stupid at the same time. Like women could be so complex. You could be an entrepreneur, but also lazy. Like yeah. I like to show all these sides that I feel like I can, I, for whatever reason, have been given this strength to just like sh- show myself to people and make people feel less alone. But then like my last season, I felt like very misunderstood with what was going on and yeah. it just like tore me apart. That's hard. You know, it's hard when you feel other people's interpretations of what went yeah. on. It's like you know what they're all thinking. You even know their logic behind how they're seeing it and thinking it. You're not in control of the edit. You know, you're not in control of like a lot of different ways that they're seeing it or your intentions. And so it like you're like, listen, I see how you could see that way, but my intentions were this and... That's really sad and depressing because your whole thing is how other people's feelings are in- interpreting you and you can sense it. So it's like you're sensing you plus them and it's hard. You know, it's hard. So I, I don't like as and that was actually one of my questions because you're purple too. Like you're purple and blue to go. And so purple people, it's kind of like we were talking about like, all right, I want the energy in the room to be cool. I want everyone to have a fun time. And also purple people can handle a spotlight a little more. But that was one of my questions. Like how the heck do you do like stand up. How do you do cuz you do stand up comedy, right? Like yep. you how do you do public eye? How do you do like yeah, like a reality show where you're not in control of the edit? Like how do you how how's the aftermath of all this for you? What does that well, look like? For some reason in my life like I'll find things that scare me and I have terrible anxiety, but I'll like I don't know if it's a self-hate thing, but <laughs> or like just masochism or just like the athlete mentality of like, mm. it's hard. You just need to push through because others won't. Um, like I played tennis for a long time yeah. when it wasn't really making me happy, but I was good at it. And then reality TV, I was like, this is my biggest fear, but I know that there's like so many positives that could be had. Mm-hmm. And like, I ended up getting a ton of the positives, but then like ended mm-hmm. with like a big negative. Cause I don't know if it's a, a blue to go thing, but when I leave places, I burn that shit down. Like it's not... <laughs> That's a purple bomb. You probably, and I didn't watch it, okay, but you might have subconsciously been really fucking over it. And what you did where you were like, you know what? I'm going to make sure I'm, I like, I do burn the place down. Yeah. And then like, we're just going to be done. So I, once I'm done with something, mm-hmm. I can't fake it. Yeah. Like I can't, it's like with relationships, like with a guy, like I can lie to myself, but then the second, whatever ticks, I'm like, I need to be out to yesterday. Like I, I need to call him right that moment. Right. Um, but with stand up, it's funny because I, for whatever reason, have the balls to talk in front of people. So I kind of feel like I want to say the things that people like a female locker room that women are afraid to say, whether it's talking about like farting and yeah. like embarrassing. And I want to show that women can be still be attractive and sexy while still being disgusting and open and like 
I just, I hate when people put women into such boxes mm. and I want to embrace the complexities of people and find the confidence in like your authentic self, not being like just the, what beauty, what beauty means stereotypically. So in front of people, I feel like I've enjoyed stand up because a lot of stand up is likability. It's not a speech. It's a dance between two people. So it's like, I need to understand the mood of the room, yeah. what they're feeling, what they want and be like, it's a lot of, of empathy. Yeah. You yeah. know, like what's, what don't they like? What do they like? And then calling out like everything in the room. Even if I say a joke that made people uncomfortable being like, okay, we're getting boundaries. That was a little <laughs> right. too far. Was that a little tight? I made a joke about cutting off balls. Okay. The guys in the room, I apologize. So like, I guess I've been able to take advantage of my, the one, the one thing that I think people didn't understand at the end of Summer House, which I don't care when people call me ugly or stupid or not funny, mm-hmm. it was that I understand how it looked and I yes. understand there's how they feel. And yeah. I'm like, and that's so hard for me. Yeah. But what I want people to understand is like, even though I come off tough and strong and people think they could say anything to me, especially the cast members, I'm highly sensitive, yeah, like yeah. deeply sensitive. And I don't forget things that people do. I don't forget energies that people give me. And something you nailed is like, I don't know how to fake stuff. No. Yeah. That's interesting because it's like you chase I authenticity. Up honesty. So I think that's where I really love it. I, I feel like with you, like everything you just said, it seems like you seek out places to do the phoenix rising from the ashes thing like it's like let's just yeah like reinvent myself in in, in a lot of like high pressure situations another thing with you and i told you this like when we were dming um you have like this like psychic or armor color it's like a, a red and it's like inauthentic but sometimes people are like does that mean i'm fake like no it feels like to me like a protection that you'll mm-hmm. put on and I wonder mm-hmm. if you wear that when you go into these like highly volatile or like could go either way situations, but man, you level up and it seems like that's what's happening to you now. You're like, even though this kind of crashed and burned or whatever it, it, you're, you're saying, it feels like, but you're going to come out of it. And, and what's going to happen is you're not attached to that anymore. So it's going to be all you. And maybe you like it that way. Maybe you like it to be like, you know what? I, I have to define, carve my own path. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Because I mean, I was a tennis player, which yeah. is a very like solo activity. Yeah. And up is very solo. And I've been in organizations that like I'm in and it goes well. And then towards the end, like sometimes a group mentality, mm-hmm. I don't vibe with. Um, and then <laughs> the place gets burned down. But That's I funny. also feel like I, I was able to put my like smile on mm-hmm. for a while and then it, it broke in this last season where I couldn't um, fake knowing like how like people's actual motives towards me. It's hard when you can feel people's intentions, but they're saying something different than you yep. know what they're intending. And that's why when you talk about being in past relationships that were like narcissistic relationships or whatever, like with narcissists, that's the thing. Like we can give people... Um, like people like you can give people passes because you know if they do something, but it's really about their their childhood trauma or that's like super not about you. But what you're saying is like people were coming at you and it was truly about you. Like it was, it was, they wanted to take you out or down or who knows. I didn't watch it. Like I said, it's just, it seems like from what you're saying, you felt their feelings coming at you. And that that is hurtful because how do you, 
And, you know, I know it's just for like a show, you know, and, and I, and I get that, but I can see like you on the other side of it now, it, it probably feels very isolating or islandy a little bit. Well, the show was before, like we hang out during the week in the city, we work hard and we go and party on the weekends and okay. we film the weekends. But this is the first time we were stuck in a house for six weeks. Wow. And I also was like falling in love with someone at the time long distance so I was like I definitely was missing him and then I was feeling um slowly feeling like isolated where I didn't know the why until I watched it six months later of like what the narrative they were spinning about me that's really and I remember thinking this can't be a bad season because I'm not saying anything bad about anyone and everyone's just talking bad about me but then I realized that's the perfect um recipe to make someone look a type of way because you can't show your side. Yeah. And you just fill in the blanks when people are willing to say bad things about you. Wow. That are very general. Like, not like Hannah did this. It's right. like... Hannah a, is a, this type of person. Talk, Hannah talks shit or like, Hannah's a bad friend. Like, just very general things. And um, those things towards your character on a national scale are like hurtful. But um, my current thing that I'm working on is... After this, like, bad experience I had where there were so many positives in it. Yeah. Like, am I going to be able to recreate that again? Am I going to be able to find that again? And, like, because there's a lot of, even though reality TV is very toxic, it's a drug of, like, fame and money. So, like, to be just, like, done with that and then you're kind of, like, reevaluating your whole situation and having... I'm working on trying to trust the universe that things not meant for me are gone and that things that are meant for me will come towards me. Yeah, 100%. I feel like that's how it works. Like when you're done with something, like you said, like you have to make sure you can't go back to it, you know, because maybe that would have been a crutch or something. The universe was like, you are not touching that (laughs) again. Because I would have stayed. I would have stayed and tortured myself. Yeah, and you wouldn't have grown. You know, now you're growing into what's next for you. Um, Let's talk about like the, the... professional athlete thing is always really interesting to me because like with the red that you wear, I do see that on military, like ex-military people and I'll see it on, yeah, like people who trained like at a level that most people can't understand. Was that, yeah. And, and just what it takes from a very young age to like have that kind of dedication and daily commitment and, and, and what it does like I guess like on a physical level, like that doesn't hurt, push through it, or you're not tired, keep going. And what does that do with feelings, like as, as a metaphor? You nailed it because when I'm, I'm like back in therapy, which is great. <laughs> it is, it so always working, is. <laughs> when you're an athlete, you have to mute your own voice. When you say, I'm nervous, I'm scared, I'm tired, I'm sore, that's all weakness. So when your coach is like, are you ready? You, I have that red thing where I'm I'm a people pleaser and I'm just like I've never felt better I am ready to go when in my head I have a the anxiety eventually comes out and it shows but I can like act like I'm ready and then I I feel like I lacked some of the self the self-soothing practices of like because there's no empathy in sports it's like you need to be a soldier yeah um and I think comedy has been great because it's just for me. It's not for anyone. You don't leave with like a win or a loss. It's like a form of expression and creativity, which is where like I find my joy. I think that's fascinating. Um, 
just like on that micro level of how you can take that same I guess like push or surge or creative energy and put it towards something that it's about you. And, and why did you stop the tennis? Like, was it something like you said you were unhappy with it, but over time, was it, was it just kind of like a culmination? Was it just too much pressure? Like what, what was it with you that made you kind of just, "Eh, I'm done. So I was actually suffering from like severe performance anxiety. Wow. Okay. But I was still like winning. (laughs) It's called like winning ugly where when I was on the court, I would freeze. I would, they call it the yips. Like I would like lose my serve. I would lose my forehand, but in practice I would be great. And it was, I just felt like I was battling my demons all the time, yeah. but I, I became obsessed with it. Like, how do I overcome these demons? Um, but I was able to still do pretty well. And when I almost wish that I had a losing streak or got injured to stop and be like, this isn't something that's wrong with you. Yeah. This is like mental health stuff wow. that you need to work on. Um, I just felt like every day was judgment day. Like if I won, okay. But if Mm -hmm. I lost, it was like bad depression. Yeah. It's external. Like all your approval was external. Yes. And I forgot like about loving the sport. And I had some coaches that, you know, weren't great to me. And I I was changing things in my game and I wasn't believing in it. So I just kind of became this like this ball of anxiety, but I was still performing at a very, I was playing number one for Wisconsin and I would lose my forehand all the time, Yeah, but I would find ways to overcome it and still win. But like at 22, I remember being like, I actually got hit by a car in college Okay, and I was, I was fine. It was like a bad muscle contusion. And I ended up, it was right towards like a big tournament at the end of my career that I felt like if I did really well, it was like, okay, you're meant to go pro. But I ended up losing a bunch of matches by like barely a point or two, like five matches wow. within like a couple points. Oof. And I was like, this is a sign. Yeah. This isn't making you happy. And you're too fucked up with these bad habits in your yeah. head. Like if it's meant to be, maybe come back to it. And then I did sales, which was a similar pattern. Yeah, of that like, red. Yeah, you're following you're following that inauthentic red thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where again, I did I was doing so well. Yeah, I'm sure. Miserable. I would cry in the bathroom. I was making so much money for my first job. Oh, I'm sure. You're you're cause, I, yeah, because you're blue to go so people like you. You know, you're genuine. So people are like, oh, sell me something. I believe you. You know? I'd be like yeah. jokes. But I yeah. also as someone who like takes in so many emotions, yeah. I was like, this is sensory overload for me yeah so I went into marketing and I got bored because it was just like the opposite it's like a little organized yeah too yeah and I felt like I wasn't using my creative juices Mm -hmm. and I wasn't making enough change or affecting the world and then I said I want to get into video and that's when my manifestation started to come together real quick okay I was on tv within two years I was became a comedy video producer making funny small videos I started writing jokes and then it's been like this crazy fast explosion of entertainment. Um, and then this was my first big kind of punch in the face yeah. in the entertainment industry. I mean, it's probably like probably looking back in 10, 20 years, you'll be like, oh yeah, that was just part of it. Like obvious like that. But yeah. it's, I always say like with manifesting and how the universe, when you align, when you're, when you know you're on track, it does, it happens so quick. And it's Ooh. not that it's hard work. It's still hard work. It's just sometimes the struggle is less to like get it. So it's kind of like it, it comes like, to you. Yeah. It felt like the struggle was purposeful yeah struggle yeah. was familiar yes. that like it was I didn't get that like sick in your stomach feeling mm-hmm. or like 
out of body experience. It was very authentic to me. And um, it's crazy though, because during the darkest year, I actually feel like I was my most authentic on reality TV in terms of like when I was upset, I was upset. Yeah. And then when you give so many emotions, it's easily manipulated. Oh yeah. But during that time when I was being like crazy authentic, full of emotion was when I met the love of my I life. I was just going to say that. Is that when you met? Crazy. Yeah. Cause you're engaged now, right? Yeah. And I do know in the past, I definitely must've had that red around my neck because oh, yeah. with most guys, I could just kind of convince them that I'm like sporty, likable, chill, yeah. which is like, <laughs> so much more complex than that. You're not going to find your soulmate being so like, funny. chill, sporty girl. I, and when I, I do a lot of readings, you know, and so when, just like you're saying, I'll get somebody and I'll be like, listen, you're kind of wearing an inauthentic color, which means it's hard to date because they're meeting not the right you. And so one, you're, you're bringing in the wrong people um, because like, you're just going to attract what you are, you know? So, and then two, three dates later when you're like, Hey, I have emotions and I'm really have, I like cats and astrology. (laughs) Yeah. And I like to sleep a lot. And then they're like, Oh, who are you? And, and it's just, it doesn't work. And then it's just like a pattern, you know, that that can form and you gotta get messy. You gotta get messy to meet the right person, which just sounds like what happened. I was, I was crying all the time and I, I'm not a big crier either, but it's like he saw this like really Mm -hmm. vulnerable side to me that he connected with. But it's funny because in the past I was going for all these emotion unavailable guys or guys that I like wanted to seek their approval, yeah. kind of like a tennis player. External, right. Trying to, exactly, trying yeah. to get their coach to win over their coach to be proud of them. Wow. That's, that's deep. That you could like articulate that and grasp it and then like see it as it, like that's huge. A lot of people are in the midst of it, but they can't like put words to it, you know? So. Oh yeah. I for sure. I mean, I was in these like weird situationships, guys being like, <laughs> I'm not going to have sex with you, but like, I really like you. And I'm like, okay, well, this is a sport. Let's play it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, just weird. Control things. Ego Who were they? Things. Like, what? Oh, what? It was. It was actually on the show, and like that got kind of twisted too to make me look like I was just like making the relationship up in my head. Well, I like um, that too. Like when you were talking about how you want to uh, kind of reframe what feminism is, you know, and reframe oh, what a girl yeah. is. Of course, they're. It's just too easy to, you know, edit that into she's psycho or just like insecure or like who knows what. I'm sure that that was the tone. Well, it's funny because at first, my my previous season, that was a great season for me. I was kind of playing the like, I'm a cool girl. I just want to have sex with this male model. And everyone kind of loved it. Yeah. And then the next season, I was like, you hurt me and that's not okay. Mm. Um. I don't like how this guy's talking to me and I'm going to stand up to him. Um, people obviously didn't see the things that were said <laughs> that made me so upset. Right. And then I met the love of my life and people were like, Hannah's the worst. Let's, I have to look at it. Can I read his aura? Is that okay? I would love you to read his aura. Okay. His name's Des, right? Yep. Desmond. Okay. I see him. All right. So when I look at his picture, I see green and blue, which I think is like, but he's so he's like, when I look at him, he's got such a big heart. So that's like the blues. So it's in there, but he's also like you, like I get this need for authenticity and this need to like laugh at things that it's kind of like you can either cry or laugh. And I feel like you guys both have that thing. Like we could cry about it, but let's laugh about it. And it's kind of like this dark sense of humor, this cool, you know, I have that too. So I get it. The like first time, The first time we met, I was like, 
annoyed with my dad because it was my first date in six months. And my dad was like, I'm changing my tea time. We have to leave half an hour early for my golf. And I'm like, dad, I'm trying to make the love of my life. And you was, I've been alone for six months. I don't have my hair ready. And he's like, I'm leaving. Car's leaving now. And I got so mad at him. And I'm like about to meet Des for the first time. And I'm pissed off. And I get in the car. And most of the time, that's when you put on the red. Like, hey, yeah. (laughs) But instead, I was like, my dad is being such a dick right now. And he turns to me and he goes, at least your dad's alive. Oh, my God. That's so sad. (laughs) But But funny. Yes. Crying, laughing. And from that moment, I was like, this person's special. And I used to go for guys who were different than me because I thought I needed like a calming energy Mm -hmm. or like someone who was just like really different from me and like shy. Yeah. But we have this intense relationship because we're very similar. Yeah. So we get each other. We're hard on each other sometimes, but it's because we, we don't bullshit each other because we kind of, yeah, we're very similar. He seems very smart too, you know, and, and you are smart, but like the way that he's smart is kind of like quick observational, like, um, and also like he can take a little thing that somebody does and break it down into like probably some like life altering, like psychological, like I he just figured it out. Mind works, And I used to have a big guard up where I would find guys who I didn't respect how their mind works and just be like, he's hot. I'm having fun. I'm just like so cool. And with Des, like he speaks all these languages. He cares about history. And I'm like, I'm like the like not book smart one. I'm the street smart. So I'll sit with him and I'll just be like, so what happened in World War II? (laughs) And he's like, so, and like 20 minutes later, you're like, okay, that was good. He's like, oh no, that's part one. (laughs) We're going to keep going. Like he fascinates me how his brain works, and I like that he's smarter than me. He well, he's green. Green people tend to be just more intellectual, or they care more about like facts or research based kind of I things. Love it. Yeah. Whereas you he's being more hilarious that I don't know things. Well, I'm like, no, I don't know. You grasp it. <laughs> I could. I don't room my brain for that. I'm busy worrying about stupid stuff. It's harder to kind like you're more like the uh, overall grasping vibe yes. catcher, and he's like, Ooh, yes. let's, "Let's dig," and you're like, "Like you said, I don't. I'm the same like, way." I so don't I get do it. trivia nights. No, I don't do it. No, I can't. I can't. Yeah, you're right, and I wonder. I feel like because our brains, as more um, purple, and then like the well, you're blue to go. I'm I'm similar. Like I feel like our brains are too occupied with what is that? What's going on with that couple over there? Or or is she yes. okay? And that's or, yeah. Tennis, like I would be on the court and I would literally be like, okay, what is that person thinking over there? Why did that person leave? How is that ref like not focusing on this? I had a bazillion thoughts going on in my head that were like not beneficial. Yeah. That's why they say dumb jocks are good. Like it's not about being stupid. It's about your mind being quiet so you can really perform. Where in comedy, when I'm on stage, I'm doing my joke while observing these people eating this mozzarella like burrata that I'm about to make a joke about. And then, cause those people over there are going to like it. Like I'm the ADD and the overanalyzing is like what fuels my creativity. Yes. With it reminds me like what, what's going on with uh, Naomi Osaka. Like when the, she wouldn't do the press, I was like, well, of course she, cause she's indigo. She's indigo too. So it's like, you can't, how can she think about what she was going to say to them and then play a good game? You know, it's too much going on in her head. I don't know. Did you relate mm-hmm. to her when all that was going down? I definitely related to her, but it's interesting because I feel like so many players oh, sure. relate to her. Yeah. And I, I do, it's, it comes to a point where it's like, you have to 
the press is so good for the game, but I think there has to be some, like, do the press conferences have to be an hour? Yeah. Do, do they have to be all these different languages? Like, can we find it a way that the players get what they want and the press get what they want and you don't feel like you're kind of a, like, cattle? It's very voyeuristic. For- the sport is very much like, yeah. we want to catch you. We want to see you upset we want your emotion right after the match let's look at you reality tv stuff and sports is reality tv for people but um it's it's a it's hard because women you in the sport of tennis used to do anything to get press to make Mm. women's tennis be respected okay so it's like a hard time where now it's like naomi doesn't want it but i feel like there's an in-between that can be a safe space while also getting the information you need um but she is just great to start new conversations about like exactly. the sport evolving and times changing. Yeah. But it's so interesting what you're saying about your voice, like especially as when you're doing comedy, like moving around the room. I've never done stand up at all. But like when I, I used to be a teacher. And so that is, it's, we, it's hard for people to understand that there's like six different voices in my head sometimes while I'm talking. And I yeah. knew, I've never like actually articulated, you just did it. And I was like, yeah, I used to be like that too. Like, what's this kid going over here? Like you just jump yeah. around the room a little bit while you you're talking. Pocket, like, okay, I need to make this person laugh over there because their hands are crossed and I don't like that. But I also am loving this crowd over there. And like, I'm going to make fun of that guy's hat. And like, you just have like this energy, but overall it's like, you feel free to express yourself. And I think that's my biggest thing also with reality TV is like, I can't say all my truth. Yeah. And that's been eating away at me because I have podcasts, I have stand up, mm-hmm. but um, to be perceived a type of way and not be able to explain the full story has yeah. been eating away at me. Yeah. Um, what do you, okay. So now you have Des and you two are happy and it's so nice. What does he say to try to like come? calm you after the storm of whatever this reality tv thing has done to you like what's his advice to you well he is he believes in me so much which is amazing and he because he's older and has had a long comedy career he's like he jokes he's like this is one of many ups and downs you're gonna have in this like long career and you're just seeing it in a very kind of small place right now but he also kind of is tough on me where he's like you can try to blame the universe, like whatever. He's like, or you could just say like, you got fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you got kicked in the balls. Yeah. And you, you got pushed down, you ate shit. And now it's time to like move forward. So and just yeah, I love that. Back. He's, he's giving you perspective. Cause that's what green people do. They're very eagle eye over the whole thing. Like chess player kind of vibes. Like, yes. yeah, like that. So he gives you perspective and he validates you, which is really nice. He's like, yeah, that did happen. That sucks now and I move it he's also experienced a lot himself Mm. so he'll be like I was in this situation he was like when I was at my most famous he said he got the most hate he's ever gotten and the only thing he wishes was that he didn't focus on the negatives and focused on the positives of it um so like he helps me with dealing with the public eye type stuff but um my thing is now I just I met him when like all this stuff was going on and yeah. I was had all these jobs and then like everything has kind of burned down within the last couple months. And now it's like me trusting myself that I can reinvent myself and that I can um, move forward in a, in a positive way that isn't dependent on like the frills of reality TV. I'm sure you're going to get scooped up for something next, though. So what I feel like from you, just like unsolicitedly, (laughs) I get 
kind of this vibe like, hey, enjoy it. You're going to look back and be like, ooh, I should have enjoyed that downtime. And, and downtime with quotes because you're like, I have two podcasts and like a bunch of other stuff going on. But you, you're you going to look back and be like, oh, I should have enjoyed that downtime a little more because it's going to pick back up at some point. They'll scoop I, you up. I love that from you. As you can tell, like when I get anxiety, I just want to fix it. Like, yeah, I need to of course. Fix it. And I'm also working on feeling my feelings mm. instead of just getting into the next job. Um, because as an athlete, the best athletes like Michael Jordan is known to be so good because they say he forgets feeling bad about something in like 1.5 seconds. I don't know how they get that step, but like he'll miss a shot and he'll be able to recover really fast. Or wow. like Nadal, like lose the point and he's able to forget really fast. So yeah. that's what my whole life was about is like forgetting. Yeah. And when yeah. like something bad happens, I would just be like, okay, we can't feel bad about it when it's actually really important, I think, to heal from trauma. That's a red person tactic. They can do that. You just described two red people. Like, those people can do it. You can't. And I that's okay. are great at reality TV probably, too. Because oh, yeah. Reality TV is about, like, the drama evolving. Like, you're in a fight and you have to move on. Where, like, a fight will happen. I'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I can never trust you again. Yeah. That's why people <laughs> connect to you, though, at the same time. Like, even if you're getting hated on in the moment, like they're still connecting. You know what I mean? Like there's the connection that can happen. And then I'll often see like with red, purple people or like green, purple people, they're on reality TV too. And they'll be like successful because they'll, yeah, hate me. Cool. They almost like it. They're like, you know, like their haters are their fans and they're like, this is great. (laughs) It's like, it's just different personalities. Well, it's interesting. Before I went on reality TV, this guy, this like um, guy who's very experienced in it, it was like, my only advice is don't have people be like, Hannah, which one was, uh, I don't, mm. he was like, either have people love you or hate you. And I remember thinking like, well, people aren't going to hate me. I'm not like a mean person. Right. But then I like all seasons, people have like volatile reactions. <laughs> I just don't to understand me. it. You're so nice. Like, I don't well, I mean, I like all I do, like my life is about like kindness, like from yeah. a young age. Like it was always like I even was put in like these inclusion classes, which means like it would be like high performance students, low performance students. And they kept putting me in it. And I was like a higher performing student. And my mom was like, hey, like she's been in like three inclusion classes in a row. And they were like, she connects like apparently I was the one to like always sit next to the kid who was struggling. I know who you are as a child. I know that kid. You're like the best kid. Be like, you are, you know, a jealous cunt who's trying to hurt people. I'm like, that is what I don't want to do. Now I got to watch it and be like, what the the hell, Hannah? Like, what are you talking about? I think the universe is like, oh, you want to level up? Yeah. You need a face like you're scariest. Like that would be mine too. That, that would be the scariest thing that could happen to me. I I will honestly like if I'm misinterpreted one day as like mean, I would just like I you know, so I can't imagine that. So I you know, just from one empath to the other, like that's gotta be torturous. Yeah. But then you also I'm working on like thinking back to big picture and it's like mm-hmm. what is misogyny? Like when a woman reacts instead of thinking like could there have been a real reason that maybe we didn't see that she's this upset or like instead it's like, she's hysterical. She's manipulating people. She's causing drama. She's toxic. And those are the words that get repeated around me. And um, also I'm like, it is reality TV and, Starting drama is kind of. I mean, what that's we're the paying. point. Like, they want a show. They do need a show, you know. And so. as you know, I like the limelight, so I'm like, I'm here to entertain. Like, okay. Let's go. Like, I could sit here and not react to everything, and everyone think I'm like cool or something. But um, 
I'm here to to stir some shit up. Sure. But, um, at the yeah. end of the day, I I also do want everyone around me to be happy. Yeah. So it's it's a struggle. I I feel like all this, and you already know this, and that's what you know. It was time to close the door on that, so the door could open on the next thing. And sometimes when we get in these little slumps or whatever, it's kind of like the the only time you can hear things you couldn't have heard before. So it's it's been so so like you just working on like you're hearing so much stuff right now, and you've had like probably eight ego deaths, like where you just like okay, I'm ready. <laughs> To me. Can you explain what an ego death is to me? Yeah, so an ego death, I should do a podcast on it. An ego death is basically when, I mean, it feels like getting kicked in the stomach and then like, oh, and then, and then, oh, we're not done yet. And then it, they just keep like coming at you. And you really, it's hard because like you really, the things that you thought were egotistically good about you were, have been like ripped away and you have to connect. There's only one thing to connect with and it's yourself or spirit or whatever you want to call it. And there's all the external, anything external, anything that you were possibly holding on to as any sort of source of approval that wasn't from you or your higher self or from you know God, whatever you want to call it, it gets ripped away and you're forced to reconnect with that part. And it's hard. Oh my God. You just nailed it. This last season was such an ego um, genocide <laughs> where I feel like... Um, I've always used so much external validation and like, cause I don't do the self-soothing stuff. I'm like, I just have to work harder to make people, you know, approve of me more, be more successful. So people like me more where the only way I'm going to survive this is if I can authentically say, Hannah, I love you. And you don't have to listen to those people. Wow. Yeah. But what's also hard is as a comic, (laughs) you need people to like you to sell tickets. That's, so it's like, yeah. inviting, cause I would love to just move to Montana and like have a cat sanctuary. I've thought yeah. about it. A couple oh God. Times. It's like my dream. I'm coming with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, literally just like read people's auras and pet cats and then give the cats auras. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like heaven. You know, animal auras. <gasps> yeah. So with animals, they do have auras. They just work different than ours because they're not complicated and they're truly probably better. So like, I feel like they're, they're just like raw. Yeah, they don't wear inauthentic unfair. colors. They're exactly what they are. You know, that's why we love them. They're so genuine, yeah. like children. You know, yes. they're just so I also themselves. Connect with children a lot. Yeah. Really or like, with- or people with special needs. You know, like that too. Like when you were talking about you being put in inclusion classrooms and stuff. Like, just they're mm-hmm. just so honest about themselves, and they're always trying to work on themselves in such an honest, sweet way. Like, it's just, oh. I don't think I necessarily was gravitated toward them because I was like, I need to be good. No, like, I want to. <laughs> I think it was because they were like really nice because they did something for you because you're like you know what these are great energies to be around they're just nice yeah, I actually was very bad at the like politicking and like the like kind of cool girl thing and like the popular kids and that's why I think summer house for a second I was like accepted in this like cool crowd yeah which was an ego thing yeah and then long term I did not fit in with the group at all yeah and my last season like I became this black sheep and people were not understanding why I was upset and it's like that was because you didn't fit in with that energy yeah that's it it just and you're and you've grown past it that's the other thing you've grown past any sort of need for it and you're just like catching up or whatever one day it's also funny yeah go ahead I think it's funny how like you're saying you grew past it how consciously I didn't know that, but subconsciously my emotions and reactions mm-hmm. were like, 
you don't need this. So I'm not going to suck up to this person. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what we call over here, a purple bomb. It's just kind of when you didn't mean to do it, but then you kind of did, you know, like looking back, like "Mm, (laughs) maybe I did. And I don't know, like you probably think about other times in your life. You're like, Ooh, I purple bomb that shit. Like, no, I've, I've purple. I've it's like a pattern where I've purple bombed a couple places where it's like I don't like the inauthenticity, and I'm like I'm out of. It's always a group that I was in that I'm yeah. like this doesn't work for me anymore, and I know I can't change it, and you guys are not going to change. So I need to self sabotage this situation. Yeah, that's a purple bomb. It's totally cool. Purple people do it. We all know we do it. It's fine. It's part of us. It's part of our our language. I have to ask you, have you ever had, this is like a total departure, have you ever had any paranormal experiences like ghost sightings, haunted houses, anything crazy happened to you like that? Oh my God, great question. So I believe in them, Mm -hmm. but I haven't, I think I have like one memory as a kid, like in the middle of the night feeling like I, I like saw colors and energies. Oh yeah. But like, and it it looked like almost like foxes chasing each other on the ground. I was like on a bunk bed and they were like very colorful, but like that's, and I remember being like a little weird out, but, but I'm very um, fascinated by people who have had the experiences. Yeah. And then I have a lot of friends who are like mediums and psychics and they always say that I have like intuitive tendencies, but that I'm blocked. (laughs) It's just your inauthentic red, which you're getting rid of. So as things start coming to you now, um, you know, like you're going therapy and all this stuff is happening, you'll probably get a lot more stuff kind of, it could start happening again because your third eye is unblocked and it's just going to come at you. You're so funny. Like what happens is, is like if, if spirit showed itself to you, you'd probably be like, oh my God, like you'd probably just laugh it off or just be like, okay, I'm crazy. Or just like, whatever, you know, just kind of, that's like your knee jerk reaction a little bit. So it might. I think I need to get back into meditating Mm. because that's where I think I'll get back aligned with like all the, the noises will like quiet down a little. Um, Do you meditate? Oh yeah, I do. It does help. It's sometimes it's hard to meditate because like, you know, you start thinking about your shopping list or like all the crap you got to do. But the whole color, the thing with you is because you're purple, you do get spirit message. You just think it's like your own emotion or whatever. So it's really just separating probably the thoughts in your head. Like, okay, Hannah's thoughts from Hannah's ego from Hannah's, you know, spirit guides, you know, like that kind of thing. It's funny. Cause when I was very young, like maybe 11 years old, I asked my dad a question that I think is so funny thinking about it now, but I just turned to my dad and I said, what are you supposed to think about all day? An 11 year old. That's deep. And I remember my dad, like that is some, like I'm already having like existential crises. Yeah. You were start, you started early. (laughs) And he was like, I remember him kind of laughing. And to this day, it's like, my thoughts are either these like anxiety thoughts of like people who have like, hurt me in the past and like coaches or whatever saying yeah. I'm not good enough or whatever. And then I have like my ego. Yeah. who's like fucking amazing. You're the best. And then <laughs> right. I have my, my insecure side, the coaches and stuff. And then yeah. I have, I have, so, and then I have my voices of my perfectionism that I have my yeah. ADD. So like I'm navigating what I think about each day. Yeah. Well, your ego tries to come in and 
remind you of all the stuff from the past. But then sometimes the bad memories, like, like when you're talking about your coaches or different relationships, that can be spirit being like, hey, dig into that because there's something there. You know what I mean? Like maybe talk to your therapist about that or dig into that or write about that or journal about that or whatever. You probably have to remove like, um, like a lot of, you know, attachments to people from the past too, because it's just, you're still carrying their crap in you because that's what you do too. Like you can carry other people's, you probably like as a little girl carried some coach's need for you to be the best so that they felt good about themselves. And you're still freaking carrying that. You know, it's just a turn yeah. into other forms. Now, what's been yeah. great though is with stand up, I was because I was like that with sales, but with stand up, I was able to know it's for no one but myself. I love and that. it's most freeing. Quick question Yeah. How much is our auras associated with like your ast- astrological sign? I have not found a correlation. We're all trying to figure it out <laughs> for here. Like, we're working on it. We're working on that. There's like research happening. <laughs> Like I'm always like anybody that can explain and I've had people like be like hey maybe like this or whatever for me it's more like personality types that you chose before you came here like that like filters on your personality so like I wonder if like a red Virgo could be this way um, but a purple Virgo is this way you know or you know a yellow Virgo is this way like that a little bit I think it's more like that. And and if I knew more about astrology, but again, it's like a lot of information for me to have to learn. It's like, oof, ouch, you know? But I wonder if I yeah, learned... the language of Yeah, yours. it's like, oh, that's a lot of studying. I'd have to like study that. And I bet I could do like red aura Virgos, yellow aura, like each yeah. aura color for each ast- astrological sign. That's you, how I think. How long... You, now I'm like fascinated. How long does it take you to see someone's aura? I see them right away. It takes... Because it's just... I see it, but then to dig in, that can take a little time because like, especially like for you, for example, you're more complicated. So you have like that red that's like, honestly, I don't see it a lot right now. I'm just on this Zoom call, but like on your Instagram or your pictures or this, you know, it's kind of more there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's like, ooh, but then right there that it's not here now and it is in other places. That's like, I could talk like, like we talked about that. Like that's a lot. And then the way that your blue to go looks and then the messages come. So that's what the whole sessions become like, okay, and I get this and who's this person and why did this happen? And da, 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 da. So I see them right away, but to explain them properly, takes a long time. That's why I feel like when someone's like, you know, you're purple and blue, like it's fine, but it's not exactly what I do. You know what I mean? It's more like, okay, it's my gateway. And, and it gets deeper than that. But I think, yeah, that is the tip of the iceberg. But I appreciate Um, you understanding that. (laughs) It's it's so funny because I, we talked about it on Giggly Squad. Yeah. <laughs> Paige was just like, I love pink. And love I'm like, her. <laughs> it's so much deeper than that. And she's hilarious. But she's but pink. the Gigglers <laughs> were so funny because they were like, I posted something in this like blue shirt yesterday. And someone was like, that's blue to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, like pe- we have like people, when I say they were sending me that tweet, like DMing me, like constantly like, you have to tell her. Like once somebody understands the aura colors, they have this thing where they want other people to understand it at this deep level that they know it so like you can feel validated or whatever so but I'm, I love Paige because she is pink and that has how pink people react like cool like, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> like she loves it um also yeah and I'm like pink oh. when I was younger my favorite color was blue which is weird oh, yeah but also a little deeper 
do you, are you into past lives and do you have the same auras as your past lives? I don't personally do like past life regressions or anything like that. Um, my whole thing is sometimes I'll get glimpses of people's past life during a reading, but not often enough. And I'll get like a lot of people, you know, I talk to a lot of people, they'll get like, you can have like uh, walk backs to like your own past lives. Like they feel like a dream, but it's more lucid than that or whatever. No, I feel like you pick different colors every time you come around. It's just a different filter. Like you pick up, it's like a different filter. Like it's just so you can pick up different information. Yeah. Yeah. So freaking fast. Isn't that crazy? All right. I absolutely adore you. I'm so, thank you so much for coming on. And where can we check you out? Um, you can check me out on Instagram, Twitter, even TikTok at being burns, B E I N G B E R N Z. And then at hannahburner.com, you can see my aura in the flesh. <laughs> I have stand up comedy, a tour. Where are you located? I'm like 45 minutes north of Miami. Are you coming to Miami? I think I'm going to work on getting into Florida, <laughs> but I have, I'm basically all over the place. It's, my tour is being booked as we yes. speak. So um, I'll be all over the place. Check out hannahburner.com. Oh, I can't wait. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you, Michaela. And Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us today. This podcast is for you and about you, and you all take care. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on Auto Trader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.